The National Soccer Coaches Association of America is proud to present the NSCAA podcast presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. The NSCAA is the go-to resource for soccer coaches of any level. From education to networking, the NSCAA has something for everyone. Go to NSCAA.com to learn more about the world's largest soccer coaches organization today. Now, here's your host, Dean Linky. This is the NSCA podcast. It is presented by Team Snap, and I am Dean Linky, and I am proud to tell you that we've got another special show, our continued relationship via the NSCAA with the LMA, led by Ian Barker and the gang at the NSCAA, allows us to spend time with Gordon Strachan, the head coach of the Scotland men's national team. That interview will wrap up our show off the top. When you think about the great NSCAA staff coaches, Bing. When you think about one of the great all-time U.S. head coaches at the women's game, Bing. You think about Tony DeChico. He spends time talking about the NSCA plans for the NSCAA Goalkeeper Academy, what type of education it offers, and also their decision to create an online version of the Level 1 Goalkeeper Diploma. And of course, we can't let Tony go without getting his thoughts on the current goalkeeper situation for the U.S. Women's National Team and even sneak one in for the U.S. men's national team. Gordon Strachan at the end of the show, Tony DeChico to start after this message from Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com slash NSCAA1. Now, once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. And welcome back to the NSCA podcast. As promised, we're going to start the show with Tony DeChico, a true legend in U.S. soccer coaching and NSCA coaching. Of course, he was the head coach of the U.S. women's national soccer team from 94 to 99, during which time his team won an Olympic gold medal in 96 and the 1999 FIFA Women's World Cup, that glorious victory over China in penalty kicks. He was also a coach of the USA team that won the 2008 FIFA U-20 Women's World Cup. So he's always had his hand on the heartbeat of U.S. soccer in this country. And he's also always been known as one of the legends in the game and coaching goalkeepers. In fact, I think it's fair to say he's one of the great coaching minds and great goalkeeping coaching minds this country has ever produced. Keep in mind, he is also an inductee to the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. Talking about Tony DeChico is kind enough to join me now. Tony, pleasure and an honor to be with you. Hey, Dean, how are you? Doing great. Always a pleasure, always an honor to spend time with you. You are a true legend of the game. And let's get right to work talking about the NSCAA Goalkeeper Academy. What is the NSCAA Goalkeeper Academy, Tony, and what type of education does it offer? Well, the NSCAA Goalkeeping Academy is a coaching education body where we try to educate coaches on training goalkeepers. We have four levels. Level one is just coming online, probably be another month before it's available. We'll still do online level ones, but we'll still do um, in-person level ones as well. 
Level two, it's been a 12-hour course. I'm going to revamp down to an eight-hour course. Level three will stay a 18-hour course. And then level four is your residential academy for a week. So, Tony, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is to ask the question, why did the NSCA decide to create an online version of the Level 1 Goalkeeper Diploma, and are the courses equivalent? Yeah, they're equivalent. They're both good courses. There's times, though, where we do a Level 1 and a Level 2 together, you know, at a site, and it might just be easier for that person to do the Level 1 in person rather than do it online. I think it was a great decision by the NSCA to commit to goalkeeping. I mean, we all know we're around the game long enough that um, goalkeepers have special training regimens. There are different mental skills um, challenges, different physical and tactical challenges. And of course, the mental skills of goalkeeping are what make the best the best. So I think it was great that they committed you know, at that time, over 84 hours of instruction to goalkeeping. So I guess specifically for the online course, who is the target audience for the online course for the Goalkeeper Academy, Tony? Well, everyone, because now you can, if you are an established goalkeeper, you can still go on and do the, the level one. But certainly the coach that doesn't have a lot of goalkeeping expertise. So how do they get their goalkeepers involved? How do they make it fun for their goalkeepers? how not to distract the rest of the team. So we give them methodology, we give them exercises, games. We launch them on their, hopefully, path to becoming a better goalkeeper coach. Now, how long, Tony, will the online course take to complete, and can the candidates start and stop when they want? Yes, and they can start and then restart. The course will depend. Somebody that's very sharp, that knows my terminology, We'll probably be able to finish the course in two hours. Somebody that has to watch more of the video or get used to the terminology and stuff may take, you know, another hour or so. Like you said, there is something for everyone. So with that, Tony DeChico, and you are the Mr. Goalkeeper for not just the NSCA but for U.S. soccer and then a great coach as well. What NSCA Goalkeeper Diploma comes next, Tony, and how far can the coach go with their goalkeeper coaching education? Well, right now we don't have a next, but that is once we get all these four courses where we want them, as far as curriculum, everything, then the next question is what's next? And are we going to go to a higher level goalkeeper course, which might require spending a number of days at a professional club and observing and taking notes? So this is just one part of the NSCAA Coaching Academy. From where you sit, what makes it such a powerful force? First of all, it's well-thought-out education. It's instructed by people that are used to doing college courses or instructing. Third, it's, you know, holistic in its approach. Yes, we want players, we want coaches to be good players. Yes, we want them to be able to demonstrate, uh, but that's unrealistic. The NSCA takes a coach where they are and they improve them there. Tony, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the amazing growth of soccer at every single level, youth to college to pro, academy, and everything else. From where you sit, having been a part of the NSCA for so many years, What about the growth of this organization? Amazing, really. Through a lot of hard work, through a lot of good leadership, they've gotten to a point now where 
I like what's happening. I like the communications between the U.S. soccer and the NSCAA. Uh, I'd like to see the NSCAA have a bigger role in administering U.S. soccer courses. But I think the association's in a great place and with great leadership, and I look forward to seeing the next few years. All right, Tony, going back to this goalkeeper diploma, one of the things that uh, we've seen, and you even had to overcome it for a moment before being named the U.S. national team coach. Sometimes coaches get locked in as a goalkeeper coach because they were a great goalkeeper. Tony Miola is one that tried to get out of that. It didn't work out, so now he's trying to find his way. Talk about that dynamic of, hey, I was a great goalkeeper, but I don't just want to be a goalkeeper coach. I want to be a head coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for most goalkeeper coaches, not all, that the, the route is be the best goalkeeper coach you can be, slip into assistant roles, and then eventually look to run your own team. All right. Now, Tony, I can't uh, let you go without talking a little bit about the goalkeeping situations with the U.S. Women's National Team. You're one of our first repeat visitors, which makes sense because you are a legend of the game. But uh, I don't know, several months ago, I asked you about uh, what to do with the fact that it looks like Hope Solo is done. How do you assess the goalkeeper situation right now for the U.S. Women's National Team? Well, it's not terrible, but obviously lacks some experience. Alyssa Nair, I think, is the number one. Ashlyn Harris who I would say is number two, is injured from club play. Uh, Abby Smith, who's been playing very well from Boston, uh, breakers and has come back from an ACL injury, is making the trip to Scandinavia with them. I like her. She's got a lot of the qualities I look for in a goalkeeper. Do you also keep an eye on the goalkeeping situation for the men's national team, Tony? Do you kind of look over and check that out? Yeah, I do, because they're kind of in the same place. You know, a couple of long-time studs are getting to the end of their career. Who's going to step up and be the guy? All right, Tony DeChico, any final comments about why people should learn more about the NSCA goalkeeper diploma, including the fact that you can now take it online? Well, if you're going to be a coach, be able to coach all the, all the players on the field, and one is the goalkeeper. So check out the online NSCA goalkeeper level one course. Tony DeChico, always great, always insightful, always passionate about his work for the NSCAA. Coming up next, Gordon Strachan, the head coach of the Scottish men's national team, courtesy of the great relationship between the NSCAA and the LMA. It's Gordon Strachan next on the NSCAA podcast presented by TeamSnap. Keep your club coaches energized and excited by providing them quality coaching education. The NSCAA makes it easy for you to host a course in your area. Choose from the small-sided games development courses, the best in goalkeeping education, or select a special topic. Go to nscaa.com education to learn more. The NSCAA eLearning Suite is designed to provide quality online courses for a variety of coaching needs. Whether you want to improve your knowledge of small-sided games, attacking principles of play, or defending principles of play, there is something for everyone with NSCAA eLearning. Accessible to members anywhere, the NSCAA eLearning Suite can help you take the next step in your coaching education from the comfort of your home. Go to nscaa.com eLearning to learn more. Now, here's Dean Linky. 
Welcome back to the NSCA podcast. I want to thank the great Tony DeChico. Remember, he was the head coach of the incredible 1999 U.S. Women's World Cup championship team that has created a buzz that I think will last forever for women's soccer in this country. Did a great job breaking down the NSCAA Goalkeeper Academy, including their decision to create an online version of the Level 1 Goalkeeper Diploma. Also gave us his quick thoughts on the goalkeeping situation for both the U.S. women's and men's national teams. Now, as promised, with our continued relationship with the LMA, the NSCAA was good enough to send over questions to the LMA for Scotland national team head coach Gordon Strachan. And that interview with the head coach of the Scottish men's national team comes to you right now on the NSCA podcast. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the headquarters of the LMA. We're here today with Gordon Strachan, Scotland manager, a highly experienced manager who's been in the Premier League for many years and now is uh, an international manager uh, at the highest level. So, Gordon, it's been 10 years since you were on the sidelines at the 2007 MLS All-Star Game coaching Celtic against an MLS squad led by your former Scotland teammate Steve Nicholl. Any memories you recall from that experience or the American tour that summer? Yeah, I wonder how Steve Nicholl got that fat. Um, so that was my first observation. I thought, oh, what's happened to him? That guy used to run forever. But no, it was a, it was a fantastic experience. Um, then you realise how good the quality is over there when you have to play select side. If I remember rightly, we got beat uh, with them uh, select. But well organised, slick. Everything about it was professional. And a one or two things and organisation that we learnt when we were over there. So they really should be proud of that at the moment. That's ten years ago. And obviously it's come on since then. And Steve is one of many Scottish managers who have had an impact on the game in the United States in recent years, along with the likes of Mo Johnston and Owen Coyle as head coaches in the MLS. More recently, Tom Samani, John Spencer and Paul Dalgleish are all active in technical roles at the professional level. And like you, they all had prominent playing careers. Can you talk about the transition into management and how important is playing experience to be successful in coaching? The playing experience actually on the pitch it's not great help to you. Understanding what your body can do as a footballer in between games is a great, you need that experience. You have to remember that when you go into coaching and management. Um, so I don't think actually the playing of the game makes that much difference and it's going to make any difference to you as a coach. There's coaches from all spheres, whether they be a, a top, top player, ordinary player, guys who've played a couple of games, guys that have played no. They have to have an eye for the game, have an understanding of the game, have to have an intelligence to take things in, learn things. On top of that, I think a good coach must love the game. A good coach must be prepared um, to look after his players rather than themselves. Because players will then work out that you're looking after them or you're looking after yourself. So I don't think it makes a great deal of difference as a player until you you have to understand what it's like to play a be a player at the highest level and how far you can push your body what it's like the psychological effects of playing loads of games the psychological effect of playing badly how to deal with that and how you dealt with that so you can put that in your lock as a coach but that's more on the management side rather than the coach to be honest with Jim Fleeting and Donald Park of the Scottish FA attended the 2017 NSCAA convention in Los Angeles to share their expertise can you speak about the importance of coaching education over the course of your career First of all, I want to know how I didn't get invited to Los Angeles. I got the uh, 
the rubbishy places. Um, so, um, sorry, what was that question again? I'm still, I still can't believe Jim and Donald went all the way over to Los Angeles to. And not you. Well, I'm sure if you ask the NSAA nicely, they'll invite you next year. Brilliant. The question there was: Can you speak about the importance of coaching education over the course of your career? It's it's about like um, uh, driving, really. You learn to drive, then you do your own thing. Um, you know what makes you comfortable. I thought I knew a lot about the game, uh, as you do. Most players, when they're early thirty, suddenly become geniuses in football and become a pain in the backside to managers. Um, and I was probably a bit like that. So then you learn how to deal with yourself. You learn things. You learn from good people, I think, and understanding what you, what you can't do is copy people. You have to be what you are, because I think it's been proven. You now what was it? So Alex, Ron Atkinson, Howard Wilkinson, three completely different characters. That's man management, um, but all highly successful. And for a tip for a young coach, do not try copy anything. And what you've got to do is, as a young coach is experiment. Especially if you've got time to experiment. I was, in, I was kind of unfortunate, but when I went to management, somebody just said to me, you have to win. I don't care how you do it, you have to win. I think if you get management, uh, coaching early and experiment, experiment with systems, experiment with things, try them out, try experiment with your own coaching during the day. And if it doesn't work, you just crumble up, throw it away and carry on and carry on and experiment. Just don't copy, experiment. Don't be uh, afraid to fail now and then couple of things you've tried. Okay, moving on now to uh, your Scottish national side and the current World Cup qualifying campaign. Mm-hmm. So far this campaign, it's been marked by important late goals. You had the 89th minute equaliser against Lithuania in October yep. and an 88th minute match winner against Slovenia in March. As the manager, how do you instil the belief needed in the squad for those moments and how much do you attribute to the team's fitness for producing those well, results? Well, we, um, we really can't work at the fitness. Um, that's all done. We get our only players. Uh, that's basically what we do. Uh, the players come along, and on the Scotland side, they, they play for nothing, don't get any money. And actually, it's quite crazy because we get most criticism playing for nothing than they do win their own clubs. <laughs> so uh, we we um, have to. Tr- Everybody's fit nowadays. Everybody looks after themselves. But there's people who can push themselves further. Late goal against uh, Slovenia. It's urgent the fact that Stuart Armstrong can run longer than anybody else and he, was, he could beat two people in the last couple of minutes and make a pass in the last couple of minutes where people who are unfit don't make that pass can't beat people and dismiss the ball so it's important that you have to be fit but we we really can't do anything we, we'd be scared to push them too hard in case of breakdown and I think you've seen recently between um, clubs and international managers that Ferrari that can break out if, if somebody breaks down on your watch which is it's quite delicate at times a hard thing to deal with at national level OK and the Scotland-England rivalry is well documented as the oldest international fixture in the world dating back to the sport's first international match in 1872 yet of the 113 meetings between the two countries this June will be the first home World Cup qualifier for Scotland in the series speak about the rivalry for the NSCAA's North American audience what is your message, sorry, to the players in the build-up to such a highly anticipated, anticipated fixture? You can't explain it, really. Um, there'll be people over there who originate from this country have got to understand maybe a bit about it. It's, uh, it's, it's a kind of um, Barcelona-Real Madrid in the international world. Um, everybody's concerned about a result. It's not performance, it's a result. How do we deal with the expectation? 
Well, thankfully, we've not played that well, so there's no great amount of expectation. <laughs> so that's my master plan. <laughs> Don't get the expectations up too high. And saying that, we played quite well in our last game. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, they have the better players, that's no doubt about that. We can match them with fitness, determination, and organisation. And hopefully, uh, on the day we can pull something at the bag that can make it worthwhile. Over the last three games I've played, there's always been periods where we think, yeah, we can win this game. And as we go in it, we do think we can do that. Planning-wise, we've been trying this and we've been looking at the last maybe six weeks, really thinking about it. And over the last there's maybe two, three weeks to go, then we've been really having a good think about it. Because as an international man, you can't plan too far ahead because you never know what's going to happen with the players. Nothing disappoints you more than having an idea what your team's got to be and three of them are injured or pull out for whatever reason. So um, we usually have a plan uh, and a team in mind, generally in mind, but very rarely did it come to fruition that the team that you picked two months previous has got to play. And finally, the last question for you, Jordan. American players have found success in the Scottish Premiership in recent years, including Perry Kitchen as captain of Hearts, and Emerson Hindman earning Young Player of the Year in honours this season at Rangers. In your opinion, what makes the league a desirable destination for young Americans looking to test themselves abroad and develop as players? It's a good place for young players to, to play. <clears throat> We're not commercial, it's not the best league in the world, but where else in the world do you get to play in front of 60,000, 50,000 at Ibrook, Celtic Park, and you've got to Tyne Castle where the atmosphere's tremendous, and you've got to Aberdeen in front of 20,000. So you've got all that going for you, and what you do is you get a game. I think Dembele has uh, improved so much. Um, going to Celtic, a regular game. He's played in Europe in top times, and that's what can happen to any other young player. Like Kitchen, he Hearts will be in Europe probably. Uh, Hyman at Rangers probably be in Europe again, playing in big old firm games. That's invaluable. But I'll also say that uh, if you're a young player, um, 18, 19, if you're not known at the first team door at the club that you're at, get out. And there's no, I don't think there's any place better than learning your trade than going to Scotland because you've got the games that are wonderful to play in, test you. Then you've got the journeys up to Inverness, three and a half hours in there, playing in front of 3,000 people. That te- tests you again. Can you deal with that? So it's a, whole, it's a rounded uh, education, I think. Okay, Gordon, thank you very much for your time this afternoon and uh, wish you the best of luck in the rest of your World Cup qualifying campaign. Thank you very much. No, thank you, Gordon Strachan. A fun interview indeed. He certainly likes to have a little fun. Took a little shot at Steve Nickel. I wonder if Steve Nickel will be able to listen to the NSCA podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks to the NSCA and the LMA for bringing us those great interviews with big-time head coaches across the pond. Speaking of thank yous, how about Tony DeChico, longtime NSCA staff coach, former World Cup champion head coach for the USA Women's National Team. Always a pleasure to speak with him as he broke down the NSCA. CAA Goalkeeper Academy plans. And speaking of thanks, I want to thank the good folks at the NSCA behind the scenes. Ashley Goodrich, Sean Chevro, Kurt Austin, Stephanie Stolsteimer, Ian Barker, and his gang, Lynn Berling Manuel, everybody at the NSCAA for their contribution. For the NSCAA podcast presented by Team Snap, I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you in a couple weeks. By being a member of the NSCAA, you are part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches like you who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to NSCAA.com to find out more.